Denton Day, Nick Ashew, BetMGM tonight. Yankees getting trounced right now. 14-0 in the bottom of the eighth to the O's. Love to see. Good God. If you want to fix things going wrong with the Orioles in a little bit of a little mini slump recently over the last week or so, this is how you get right. This you helps. go and beat the hell out of the Yankees. There should be a mercy rule in Major League Baseball. You know what I do believe, and I'm going to die on this hill. This will okay. never happen because it involves money. If a game is a is uh, uh, 10 or runs or more, right? If a team is losing by 10 or more, I feel like everything at the stadium should be 30% off. All food, okay. may, maybe not gear, but all food. Like, if I'm going to stay and watch a game that's 14 to nothing, you better give me some sort of incentive to keep me in the arena. And if you are giving me a chicken tender and fries meal not for bad. $8 instead mm-hmm. of the $12 that it would normally be, I would be interested hmm. in that. You know what? Not a bad idea. You yeah. should handle some game day operations for teams. I would lose them so much money, but the fans <laughs> would love me. Hey, you know what? The Falcons have done just fine with their cheap uh, concessions. Do they have cheap concessions there? Oh, yeah. The Falcons, that was their big thing when they opened their stadium, was like really cheap. And they apparently made more money on concessions because of that. What a wonderful idea. Yeah, Who it, would have thought? If you bring three kids to a game and the food's half the price of what it is now, families are more likely to not say we're going to eat before we go. Yeah, guess whose kids are eating that yeah, day? Exactly. Yours. It's, it's funny sometimes how that works. Oh, we have to change TV1 up here because this is the... I'm not watching the replay of the hot dog eating contest. We're going we're gonna to do that. It's a, once a 20 hard-boiled eggs in 84 seconds. Adrian the Rabbit Morgan. Yeah. This is just... It's so dumb. I feel like this is actually the best part of the hot dog eating contest, though, because I did watch the entire thing, as I told you yesterday. I know. But the intros were so over-the-top <laughs> WWE style. Like, I don't know if you ever went through a pro wrestling phase in your life. I never did. I never I, – I couldn't get into it. I'm, I'm swimming in it now. I love pro wrestling. It's like – Doesn't surprise me one bit with the outfit you have on. So, yes, I yeah, believe that, it. that checks out. Yeah. But, like, these intros were, like, that mixed with USC on crack. It was the, like – Heavy D. Hendrickson. Yeah, Heavy D. Hendrick. He's a donut specialist and tamale champion. I mean, I could donut also spe- be a donut specialist, I guess. I'd love to apply for that job if it's available. Can I find that on LinkedIn? <laughs> it's possible. I- I'd like to be a donut specialist. Don't <laughs> don't put me in the hard-boiled egg specialist, a though. Donut- I'm good there. I like hard-boiled eggs. I do, too, but I'm not going to eat, what is it, 20 in 20 90 seconds? I can't do that. And it's just pop, pop, pop. Ugh, no, uh, thank you. Oh, gross. So- I can do it on a sandwich, though. Oh, yeah. That's yes. totally different. Oh, it's great. So Wonderful. Bobby Marks does a great job for ESPN. You know, he's a former front office guy, really able to kind of analyze, like, where teams' cap space is, how they can make trades. Some of the, the you know, the boring minutiae stuff that we're not always sitting there paying attention to, all those little details. We just like to use the trade machine instead. 13 teams that could shake up the summer still in the NBA. You know who's at the very top of this? Not just because it's alphabetical order, but because it makes the most sense. The Boston Celtics. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, I don't think the Celtics are done. And he points out here as one example, the Celtics can include up to five first-round picks, and they can trade Malcolm Brogdon, Derek White, and Robert Williams to match salaries for Dame Lillard. They've been collecting picks, and there's a report that came out today that the Boston Celtics are stockpiling for something big. This team has had let down year after year. They had that chance in the finals against the Warriors, and then obviously what happened this past year in the Eastern Conference Finals. Those are the types of losses in the playoffs that make teams say, we got to go swing for the fences. Yeah. I would not be surprised if Boston offers all of that and maybe even more for Dame Lillard. If Dame doesn't end in Boston, 
and they still take a swing, are you thrilled if you're a Celtics fan? So I'll put you in the in the shoes of a Celtics okay. fan. Are you thrilled? Are you upset? Like, what are the emotions if they don't get Dame and their big swing in this instance is James Harden? And you end up with James Harden. And you end up with James oh, Harden. I'm, I'm disappointed you, knowing you're that they up, tried. Upset. You know that you're pro- you're not giving up as much for Harden, but Dame Lillard versus James Harden is just night and day. It's Dame actually came much. off the best year of his career this past year. Right. Now look, Harden still got plenty left in the tank. If you have somebody that's going to be like your number three scoring option, more of a facilitator now, and you don't need anybody to cover his ass in the playoffs. Right, like I mean, this, this you're, you're gonna, you're, you know, what's gonna right. happen in the playoffs. I trust Dame in the playoffs a lot more than I trust a James Harden. More. If I'm a Celtics fan and that's what I end up with, I'm just gonna sit there and it's good. I mean, unless you gave up like peanuts, maybe. right? Like then, maybe one first rounder, right? You gave up maybe one first rounder, a second rounder, and uh, Malcolm Brogdon. Okay, I'm fine with that then. But I'm still sitting there going, oh, it could have been, could have been Dame because I do think that James Harden in a more playmaking style of role. So similar to what he did in Philadelphia would work with Mm -hmm. Jason Tatum, but when your options are Damian Lillard versus James Harden, your options are essentially a a 10 at a bar or a 6. And it is a big, big difference between those two. There's a very large difference. Very different. And this doesn't involve the... Lights out and drinks. So no, though James Harden does love that. Uh, that's true. He does. He does like. But that's that's a certain type of place. Yeah. <laughs> so there's 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 that specifically. Look, the Nets are the next team on this list too, right? And it, it makes sense because you you've got resources and you've got young talent and you've got a team that they they had expectations with a big three, and then all of a sudden James Harden starts the breakup process, and then it's Kyrie and Durant gone after that. But what the Nets got in return was actually a pretty decent haul. Now they had to give up a bunch to help put that roster together, at least with Harden anyway, so there's that part. But, like, if I'm the Nets, I'm not tearing this whole thing down. I'm actually starting to work around the framework that's already there with Cam Johnson. Uh, Bridges is Yeah, Mikael Bridges has turned into a star. Like, he's not a number one on a championship team, but if he's, like, a number three? Yeah, I I mean, I think he, I think there's a realistic chance, maybe not this year, but if you want to say in 2024, 25, that he's a legit number two, I'm, I'm buying stock in that. I really do think he's a guy that stays healthy, and he really got into his bag once he got to the, the Nets with a little bit more freedom, but it also translated to to winning to an extent. Like, they didn't fall from from what Durant and Kyrie had gotten them to when they actually played. So they were able to maintain their spot in the postseason with him being the leader, I think Bridges would play really great with Dame Lillard, but you know what fascinates me about the article? Mm-hmm. Tyler Hero's name is included. I was just about to say this. that, and that makes a lot of sense. And there's so when you picture a three-team deal, Dame going to Miami, Hero going to Brooklyn, and then Portland just getting drowned with picks, picks and expiring contracts. Spencer Dinwiddie, you could get a uh, get Cam jo- Cam Thomas, who's a he can go out he there and score. score. Like they score. loved him. Talk about a summer league hero last year. He, I mean, that guy. Once Durant left, I think it was three nights in a row he scored thirty plus points. Yep. I mean, he was on an absolute tear. So that's how the Miami trade would actually work. It's one of these other teams that has more assets that's able to swing in. And look, Tyler Hero, if this trade happens, is gone. He's, he's getting gone. moved somewhere. There's a lot of value there. Now he's going to be in the first year of that $120 million contract extension. But you also have him under team control for a few years. 
He averaged 20 a game, and he can shoot. Yeah. There is value there. And if you're going to give up multiple picks, you've got to get what back in return? A guy that can score at least. Something. A young player. And I just don't know how much you actually flip back in return. But like it could. What if, it, if it's the Nets, the Blazers, and the Heat in a three-team deal? That's, that's another thing. That makes sense where Boston could do it straight up with Portland. This could be a type of scenario where that's how we're routing in another team. So Dame goes to Miami. And you have 40 years of Tyler Hero. Yep. So you have him for a, an amount of time. And even if it doesn't work out, like the nice thing about where the Nets are right now, they are a little bit ahead of schedule, as you'd expect after blowing up that big three. So the fact that they were even in the postseason last year was a check mark in the right direction. Mm-hmm. So you do have a year or two to buffer and kind of figure out what's going on. So in the event where you do pull this trade off and Tyler Hero doesn't work the way you hoped, he's still going to be a valuable asset that you could flip for someone else in a year or two. Yeah. I I really could see that Nets Heat Blazers thing. Yeah, that like that makes a ton of sense there. Cuz this is the thing, at some point like if you are a team that's going to trade for Dame Lillard, that you're going to have it's not going to be a one-year deal, so it's not an Anthony Davis to Boston scenario. Right. But you're going to be thinking about, like, does he even want to be here? Like, what's that going to mean? Like, does, does that cause a problem? Does he ask out after a year? Does it become one of those situations? Like James Harden, where all right. of a sudden then everything gets blown up and you're giving up all these assets for somebody. Future, you're, you're mortgaging your future for now. And it's hard enough to win a championship. When you got a guy that doesn't really want to be there, it's... It's not an easy situation for a team, I think, in these types of scenarios to to, to deal with. Uh, interesting to think about the Clippers too. In this, I mean, they've got look. They've got certainly got players, right? Like you got to be able to send at least a couple of guys back, some expiring contracts. Batum, uh, Covington, Marcus Morris, Norman Powell. You've got first round picks in twenty eight, twenty nine, and thirty. So maybe the Clippers, because really the off season revolves around Damian Lillard now. James Harden second. It's gonna be. Damian Lillard first and every team that thinks they have a shot and how they're able to make a shakeup on their roster somewhere else to create an opening to try and bring Damian. You are a a much better basketball lover than I when it comes to the Clippers because your focus was on court. Your, your focus was all the assets. I want a camera. If that goes down, I want a camera immediately on the first interaction between Dame, Russ, and Paul George. Because that gave me one of the greatest moments of my life. I was very much pro-Dame over Russ on those final years in OKC. And that shot, that shot in Paul George's face, who has not just doubled down, he tripled down after that silly comment where he said, bad shot. Newsflash. That's a bad shot for everybody but two players (laughs) in the NBA. And you were guarding one of them. I would be dying to see what that interaction would be like between those two guys because a very nice lunch would have to be had. Well, there was, uh, I mean, look, we've certainly had guys that have had beef before that have been traded somewhere and kind of worked it out. Yeah. I mean, you had it, it's, it Pat, Bev, Pat Bev with the, the with the Lakers. And the Timberwolves. And the, oh, Rockets yeah, oh, yeah, that's right, there's that too. And and the, so it's pretty much everybody, but, you know, sometimes it's once the guy's on the roster, it's fine. I mean, Chris Paul and the Warriors. I, I, I would love to see that too. One hundred percent. There is one guy that Steph Curry doesn't like, and it's Chris Paul. And it's Chris Paul. I didn't know he couldn't like people, and he. Fa- but Chris Paul is. Su- I'm sure off the floor they would be friendly, but Chris Paul in those days in, in Rockets in the Rockets he was a menace. Yes, he was an absolute menace, and he still never like. I can't imagine being that kind of menace and always losing. Like at some point you got to think you would get the upper hand in right. that. 
And even when there was a perfect opportunity when Durant went down, you kicked Steph Curry off of a practice court, you held him scoreless in game six of an, when your back is against the wall, and then he drops 33 on you in the second half and starts talking trash to cameras after. And then this past year, he says, it ain't 2014 yep. no more. I mean, the disrespect. And then there's the Steve Kerr interaction, too. Oh, yeah, the little... The little <laughs> face, yeah, the fake laugh. That's just Chris Paul to a T, though. Well, that, I mean, is, that, yeah. is, that is, yeah. Chris, Chris Paul is... Uh, see, the problem is there's so many people talk about him being a bad teammate. He's just – he's from that Kobe mold. He is. Where it's – he's so competitive and wants to win. That it, and Jordan, right? It's that it's – that, it's those types of guys where it rubs people the wrong way. And there's – look, there's ways you have to go about it, and it's different in, like, a work environment versus the NBA. But right. there's a certain point where that still has to be put in check in some capacity. Disgust. Like, yeah, a nice lunch where the uh, – like, all right, here, here's a question. All right. If Dame goes out to lunch to discuss something like this with Paul George and Russell Westbrook, who buys? Because there was one side that was clearly in the wrong because mm-hmm. Ru- it was Russ's mission at one point to undercut Damian Lillard. He took it in every interview, even in the All-Star. Like, every opportunity he got, he would undercut Dame Lillard, which made it all the more gratifying right. when that series took place. Who buys the dinner there? I think it's probably Russ. There's a nice little apology. It's time to smooth it over. You're older. You're more mature now. You've learned more in the league over right. the years. He's probably a little humbled because he had only, what, he got, what, $4 million, a little yeah, tiny contract now? A little it's tiny. Not, not the same player that he used to be. I say Russ probably owes the dinner there. But c- c- if you're Russell Westbrook, can you pull the, hey, man, I'm only on a $4 million contract and you're getting like 50 No, wanna... because we can Google what his lifetime earnings are, <laughs> and we know that it's a lot more than that. He's not poor. We can promise that. Right. And then, like, in the Warriors situation, Chris Paul has to be the one to buy Steph and Draymond. I don't know how much Clay really cares. Clay seems to just be in his own little world, which is the yeah. greatest thing ever. But Chris Paul has to be the one that ends up paying for that dinner because he was the one that, in this case, was the meanie. I don't know how many times we can say a, a donkey's a rear end on he, radio. You can say an ass hour. all you want. Well, then he was an ass. He was an ass. There you go. That's how you determine who buys the dinner. That's who you that's It's who been it established. Is. What about a wild card team for Dame? The Pelicans. I would love it. They got picks. They got young players. They got some big contracts, too. Do you swap him, like a CJ McCollum included in the trade, the former guys that are now being traded for one another? Yeah, send him right back. That, that would feel right so Right back like to picky. Portland. Oh. <laughs> just but, kidding. Send like, you back that way now. Going so we can back take, there. Hope you can sell your home. We're upgrading just a little bit. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if I'm them, I'd get out from under Zion and take Dame. That's the way to go. I would love a healthy Zion with Dame, though. It would never happen. A healthy Zion with Dame is not probably possible. I know. So it is what it is.